babies don't come with a manual. But today, there are thousands of books and experts to help guide you when you have a challenge. The problem is, where do you start? This is Helpline in Focus, where we take a deep dive into some of the topics we touch on in our weekly Helpline episodes. Today, we're talking toddler sleep with Mothercraft nurse, Leonie Clements. Hi, Leonie. Hello, Siobhan. Thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. You know, um, we often talk about baby sleep as parents. You know, when we get together, um, it's quite rare for a baby to sleep through the night. So sometimes we can think that first year is the most challenging year. But just because your baby turns into a toddler doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good sleeper, does it? Oh, no way. No (laughs) way. So much going on for these little toddlers. You know, their whole world has opened up. You know, it's such a huge, huge growth year um, from, you know, really from 16 to 18 months and beyond developmentally with physical development as well as social and emotional development. You know, they've got so much to deal with, so, so much to cope with. And also the influences on their environmental factors, you know, what what's going on for these little guys? They're now walking and they're now climbing and they're now trying to talk and lots of languages coming and lots of new skills and wanting to be independent, but still needing that, you know, that caregiver next to them to guide them safely. I remember when my daughter was probably, look, I, I was going to say I think she was 18 months, but I think it was getting close to at least the first year of her life. And she was in one of those um, sleeping bags and she managed to jump out of the cot. And wow. I know, and somehow landed on her feet. So I'd been putting her to bed, you know, pat, 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 creeping out. And then I hear this thump and I walk back oh. in. And she's there with her little arms, little arms spread out, like totally surprised that she's found herself on the outside of the cot and then just started crying. And I thought, oh, my God, that's it. And from then on, she slept with me. (laughs) Yeah, I can see why. I can see why. So I gave in. Yeah. No, you didn't give in. You didn't give in. You did what you needed to do for your baby at that time. You needed to keep her safe because... You know, that is one thing when they start climbing, your whole environment needs to change. And that's a whole nother matter on safety, but yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I wouldn't be the only parent, would I, that has come to that stage and just gone. Oh, no. Right. Like as toddlers, they can make, they can argue with you almost. Uh, I was going to say, they don't talk. They tend to yell and scream (laughs) because they develop this new pitch in their voice. And, you know, they need to know how to get their their point across and they're very clever at doing it and you know they watch us all the time watch what we're doing so we're their big role models yeah so um look tell me you often you see parents you help them out with this kind of thing are there some more common sleep challenges you see in toddlers yeah really a lot of what I see is overtiredness and that can be very hard for busy families to identify in children and you know they they're just on the go constantly these little human beings are developing and exploring their world and the overtiredness creeps up so quickly and as adults we you know we often don't get that overtiredness at that time of the day but these little ones do and we need to remember that because they really need that rest 
rest and recuperation to continue on with their day. And with those uh, that overtiredness, I'm just uh, interpreting with my parent hat on. Are we talking explosive tantrums as a result of that tiredness? Oh or? my gosh, yeah, yeah. So the you know the early signs you would see would be the rubbing of the eyes and yawning. Then you know they'd move on. Their eyes would start to be red rimmed because they're tired, and you know a lot of their um, um, mucous membranes tend to dry out when you're tired as well and but then it'll also flip over to the watery eyes because they're rubbing them so much so they're irritating them then you know all of a sudden they'll get this glazed look over them and it's like they're trying to focus but they can't their eyes aren't focusing because they're so tired then they start pulling on their ears and you know some will rub their noses and rub the back of their heads they keep touching their head repeatedly. It's almost like a sensory input they're looking for to keep them awake. And then, you know, they don't make eye contact. So you could be talking to them and saying, oh, you know, it's time to pack up or it's lunchtime or let's have a drink. And they're just not listening to you. And then, you know, sometimes parents take that as a behaviour when it's not. They're just tuned out because they're so tired. Then the tantrums increase. Then the crying increases then they're losing patience and they're uninterested in things, you know, they, they can't focus on anything. And that's when you see that little child flip from one activity to another, throwing things, throwing this, throwing that, don't want to sit down and watch TV or don't want to sit on the, you know, an iPad or don't want to do a puzzle or a book. They're flitting. They don't know what to do. Then they start falling over and being clumsy. So, yeah, lots and lots of signs there. And it's just about, you know, reading your child and, and reading what's going on for them and acting quickly on it. Okay. Well, let's get on to some of the questions we have here. Our first question says, uh, our two-year-old used to be the perfect sleeper, but now he's a nightmare. He would request bed, take his dummy roll over and go to sleep and sleep through. No problems. Sounds like a dream. But mm. no, <laughs> but no, we had to ditch the dummy. Now he gets out of bed for an hour, gets to the bathroom and grabs toothbrushes if I'm attending to the baby. And we have to sit in the room with him for the hour, telling him to go back to bed until he ties out. He often skips naps because of this and then falls asleep wherever he is at about 3 p.m., Sometimes that's on the floor between rooms, so we know he still needs a nap. Plus, now he gets up multiple times a night. How can this be? Does a dummy hold that much power? It should be noted he still goes to sleep like a dream at daycare. So we know he's playing us. <laughs> but what do we do? Help, please. Does a dummy have that much power, Leonie? No. Ah. No, 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 no. No, they don't. They would like to think they did. The ch their child would like to think it does, but it doesn't. I, the parent holds that power. And I don't like to use it as a power struggle because it's not. It's about meeting your child's needs. And so, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, you aren't seeing the two-year-old's tired signs quickly, the ones that I just ran through. You know, I would say that, you know, he's, um, you're either missing that sleep cycle. So he's, He's showing those early tired signs and you've missed them because you're busy with the baby. And then toddlers gotten beyond that because we know when they hit that toddler stage, they do start to sleep in adult cycles of 60 minutes. So if you're putting him to bed when you think 
okay, you need to go to bed now. And then you're leaving him and he's not going to sleep because he's missed that cycle. So he's up and stimulating. And they often try and stimulate themselves to keep themselves awake. They don't want to miss out. You know, a new new baby in the household, they get put aside sometimes, you know, not meaning to, but, you know, they've been your whole centre, your whole world. So I don't think your little one is playing you at all. And I'm guessing that he sleeps really well at daycare because daycare's routine. They know what's happening. Children don't can't read time. You know, they don't understand what time is at that stage. They know routine though. And so if it's, you know, lunchtime, and then bedtime, they know that routine. So, you know, maybe I suggest starting a routine if you don't have one and bringing it down quietly. So, you know, maybe 15 minutes prior to that bedtime or even 20 minutes prior, start your routine, start the quiet activities, you know, quieten the house down a little bit. Maybe it might be a, a sing song, a gentle sing song next to mum and baby if that's what's needed. And then start that routine into going into bed. And I think you will find if you can work on that during the day with your routine and getting your little one into bed with that routine, then the nights will follow much, much easier. It's about parents feeling confident in themselves that they can do this and they're meeting their child's needs while they're doing it. Can I ask with a two-year-old, is there an ideal time of the day to put them down? Just thinking about how you mentioned there the 60-minute um, sleep cycle. Yes. Is is it um, anything obvious like on the hour or certain amount of hours after they wake up? Um, I think, you know, every family is unique and every person in that family is an individual. So what will work for one family member might not work for the other. So again, it's depending on when this little one's rising, you know, there might be a family that rise early because they've got a new baby. Um, it's a busy household and that's fine. So, you know, sleep time maybe come at a time around 11 o'clock. So it might mean um, an an early lunch if they're having an early breakfast or a, a snack prior to sleep time just but just establishing that routine so you, you'll generally find that two-year-olds you know will sleep uh, a total of 11 to 12 hours in a whole day period and generally that that will consist of one to two hours nap during the day. I've got a tricky question for you that is not from one of the parents. It's just something okay. that always used to happen to us. And I was like, there's no way anyone will have the answer to this. So, um, well, the pressure's on. The pressure is on. <laughs> Actually, it happened to a few of the kids in our family that you'd put them down for the daytime nap and they would never get through a long stretch because they'd do a poo and wake up. Mm -hmm. And once you've changed a nappy, like it's not like a wee with the nappies and that as they are today, if you've yep. got one of the uh, the synthetic nappy, they can sleep on, they don't even feel it. Yep. Not so a poo. And who can blame them really? I mean, no, I wasn't blaming right. them. I'm like, I'd wake up if that happened. <laughs> exactly right. Can't believe I put myself in that situation. <laughs> but um, it was one of those things that I could never get my head around because you wanted them to eat before you put them down because it was a midday nap. Mm -hmm. But then having that food seemed to make them poo and then they'd wake up. Do you, have you seen that happen? I have. I did experience that with my own child, <laughs> one of my children. <laughs> um, but, you know, who, who wants that? You want that. 
not your child. It's about meeting your child's needs and looking at what they need, you know, and it might need to bring lunch a little or that snack a little bit earlier forward, you know, so meeting where that child's at and talking about, you know, every family is different or it might mean they have a smaller nap then and might just need a little catch up one later in the afternoon in the, you know, just prior to getting ready for the dinner routine. Okay, that's a good point. Here's another question for you. My one-year-old and three-and-a-half-year-old three and girls share a room. However, both of them are in the habit of laying down with their dad or I to go to sleep. This sounds familiar. Uh, I managed this fine while they were sleeping at different times in the day and with my husband's help at night. But now they are both sleeping at the same time, day and night. It has become a circus. My eldest used to fall asleep on her own, but since her little sister arrived, she's gone back to wanting one of us with her to fall asleep. My one-year-old cries hysterically if I attempt to put her in her cot, whether I stay with her or leave the room. I have attempted to have them both in my bed in the afternoon, but they just play. <laughs> Any suggestions on how to get them back into their own bed and cot? This madness has to stop. Help. It does. Mama. Take back some control. You're controlling this as well as still meeting your child's needs. So, you know, you talk about the three and a half year old mm, may not sleep every day. That's three and a half, bit more mature, bit more developed. One year old still definitely will need a sleep. But that three and a half year old can have a quiet time, an activity on their bed, a quiet activity of reading a book or a or doing a puzzle but it's got to be quiet so the other one can rest and sleep and they do need that rest time with a three and a half year old there's language there so you can talk to them about what's happening and best to talk about it not at sleep time prior to sleep time building them up lots of praise 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 these little three and a half year olds love praise they love your attention so really bombard them with that and build them up you can use a timer as well to show the three-year-old or three and a half year old what the noise is like so you can set that timer and you can control that on how long they stay on their bed for so ideally you would want to set it for an hour that's what your goal would be but you might need to break that down initially so it might be a few days of 15 minutes then it's going to creep up to 30 minutes and then 45 minutes Till you've got to your hour and that I think that's really realistic um you know when they're um when the when the old I'm um, sorry when the younger baby is is in their bed you can still sit there and soothe that child if they're screaming you know initially no they don't want to go to bed they want to stay with mom come on it's fun being with mom and mom's like oh my gosh I need that downtime and you so so do so Set your three and a half year old up on the bed, put the timer on, sit with the eight, um, the one year old, sit with them, dull and boring. So you're in the room, you're still meeting their needs. They're, so they're not screaming for you, you're right there with them. You can gently stroke or pat or calm to calm them, whatever suits you, but don't allow them to climb all over you. You know, you're giving the message that it's time for rest. We all need to rest. We've had a busy time already today. It's time to recuperate. So sitting with them, calming them, and then but acting on those tired cues quickly as well. 
So especially with that younger child, those tired cues really need to be acted on. And when that child's settled and calm, you can slowly leave the room. It might mean you might have to stay there initially to start with. So the child's feeling secure that you're not very far away, but then gradually leaving that room. Um, and, you know, when you're in there, minimal verbal contact, very, very minimal and very minimal eye contact because they're looking for ways to stimulate. They want to stay awake with mummy. Yeah. It's time to sleep. So you're there with them. You're soothing them, but you're resting. And I'm hoping it will get to a stage, a gradual stage. It's not going to happen overnight. And that's an important thing to remember. Any changes you make, you need to make sure your children are well, that um, there's not a big um, event happening in the family that's going to change the routine all of a sudden. Make sure you're both on board, both parents are on board and doing the same thing and stick together and with each other, support each other, be consistent in your approach and allow, I like to, I suggest to allow 30 days to make changes of patterns so your children feel safe and secure in their new environment and pattern of what's going on. I tell you what's interesting for me listening to that is that I, I love, I'm a good host for this because I did everything kind of wrong. <laughs> no, nobody ever does anything wrong. Well, let's just say when you said take control back, we're still aiming for that and they're eight and six but it's okay but it is interesting to reflect now um that we got to a stage where we're fed up with ourselves (laughs) for not taking charge and just that simple switch of the way you think about it um Mm -hmm. can make all the difference so I guess what I mean is um we were always I guess I was probably always scared to put those boundaries in place still like you say meeting their needs but having those boundaries I'm not going to lie down with you Mm. I was always scared of doing that because I just believed it wouldn't work and that it would it would never happen and yet every time we've made a change with the kids they've responded quite well I'm not saying they did it straight away no but we started doing a little thing where we'd say okay I'm going to come out of the room and come back in again and check on Mm. you and eventually they'd fall asleep, which was yeah. so much better in terms of getting stuff done Definitely. than just lying there yeah. looking up at the ceiling going, when are you going to go to sleep? Yeah. And I think you need to, parents need to break down their goals. So the big end pitch is you want them to sleep on their, you know, comfortably feeling happy to go into their bed on their own if that's what your family does. Doing that, you know, it's a big goal. So breaking it down, meeting meeting small achievable goals within that bigger goal. And that might look like, okay, well, today I'm going to allow them half an hour and then and I'm going to stay there for 20 minutes. That's And if you achieve that, great. What's tomorrow's goal going to be? Or what's next week's goal, goal, sorry, goal going to be? Break it down so it's achievable for you and your child. Because once you start something, if you then throw it out the window a couple of days later, you've just confused everybody and upset everybody again and you're back to square one. And it's about making gradual progress and change for a happy medium family, yeah. 
Uh, just a question with a three and a half year old, how do you feel about reward charts? Because I know you mentioned you could put the timer on. Do yep. you believe in saying something like if you stay in bed for that 15 minutes, you'll get a star and then accumulating stars throughout the week for the longer they stay I mean how do you feel about those sorts of things oh look I think they have their place and it depends on the family dynamics as well but the best reward you can give your child is praise and attention and that's what they're looking for so it's sleep time now when it's time to get up let's go to the park together or maybe you and I can just have a story together or do something to get paint nails, whatever the situation might be. Children are looking for that time and not so much materialistic rewards. Yeah. Okay. Um, I should mention as well that if you're watching this and you have a question you would like to ask, Leonie, please jump on and ask your question. We do have one from Tammy. Hi, Tammy. She says, is it normal for a toddler who used to be breastfed to wake up during the night? Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's yeah, most definitely. Um, when you say a toddler that used to be breastfed, I'm assuming that there's no breastfeeding at all happening. When the babies, when babies are breastfed or toddlers are breastfed, that breast milk's absorbed very quickly into their stomach, into their body. And so they get hungry a little bit quicker. Um, then if you stopped feeding, so I'm assuming as the toddler's gotten older, they've associated going to sleep with feeding. And that's okay. If that works for your family, great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's come to a stage, a point where you want to make some changes and you're not happy with it or the child's not happy with it, then you make those changes. But this little one is still waking up because it's so used to being close to mummy. And so you need then to make those gradual changes psychologically for your child because they're used to having you there. So it might mean, you know, you start off with laying with them or sitting with them and then gradually changing that moving back away from them so it might be then just near the bed then it might be just in the room then it might be in the doorway they've had you there for you know two years or more with feeding that's a big change in their little lives to all of a sudden cut that off so you know they're waking for that reassurance and the best way you can respond to that is meeting that reassurance to them and it might be going into them giving them a cuddle or a kiss night night mummy's here yeah it's inconvenience for you to get up and do that but you fed this little person for a couple of years you can't just expect them to switch off like that yeah true good luck with that Tammy our next question comes from Rosie she says our 16 month old boy has been sleeping through the night since about eight months he self settles for night and day naps no problem however in the last month he's waking up every night between midnight and 2 a.m and screaming until I go in I tried comforting and leaving, but as soon as I leave, he stands up and screams. We tried for two nights, but he screamed so much, he gave himself a sore throat. Oh, poor thing. Um, so I'm now going in and sleeping with him when he wakes at night. And as soon as I lie down, he goes straight off to sleep again. He's still having two naps a day and self-settles and sleeps perfectly for these, but now won't settle himself at bedtime or through the night. There aren't just tears there aren't tears just screams help okay yeah I wonder if something's happened to this little fellow um during the day in fact you know he might have seen something on tv or online or whatever um in a book 
or heard something and he, that's coming up again for him in the evening. So sometimes, you know, we've got to remember these little guys are going through such developmental stages, such growth, and they learn all their skills that they're learning through the day, they practice at night. And so, you know, he could be, um, you know, learning a new skill of throwing a ball or something during the day or kicking a ball, whatever the, it may be at 18, 16 months. Um, and then he could be waking himself up at night because they move all around. You know, they're living what's going on during the day. They're reacting it. They're practicing it all. He could be waking himself up with a start. What's going on? I'm here on my own. I need my mum. And so then that quickly forms mum meets that need. And then that quickly forms into I waking up again, the same thing. You know, it's a sleep cycle. I don't sleep straight through the night. I don't know if anybody other adults get up multiple times like me or wake up multiple times. So, you know, I wake up if I'm cold, pull the blankets up, roll over, whatever. Sometimes I just need that little helping hand to go back to sleep. And it's very, very normal behavior just to go in there and do that. The best way to manage that again is when I talked about the minimal verbal, minimal eye contact, gentle reassurance in if that's a cuddle or if that's a touch staying there until they're calm the more you meet those needs and it might put you out for a few nights or so but the more you meet those needs the more reassured they're going to be and you need to keep persevering with it remember it can take 30 days to change a pattern and the only thing I would add to that as the non-expert in this uh, discussion is that I've done a stack of interviews about night terrors yeah. and the only thing to keep in mind um, given it's at the same time every night is whether he responds to you when he's screaming. So if a child is in a night terror, they're still asleep even though their eyes are open and they're crying out uh, so very very early for a night terror at that age though um yeah. they will tend to kick in a little bit more they can start at 18 months but it's very very rare so yeah. they will tend to kick in as the older child but you're definitely right they tend to wake up at the same time every night and it's that sleep pattern that they've gotten into that cycle and they'll wake up and it, you know if it's a real terror because they don't acknowledge you yeah, they don't acknowledge you at all. It's like they're just seen straight through you and they're hysterical. Um, and to rectify, to help rectify that, you can wake them gently prior to that timing every night to break that sleep cycle. And that may show some effect. The scariest thing about night terrors, to me anyway, seems like it, it doesn't hurt the child at all. But for you as a parent, it is so unsettling to see your child in that much distress and not responding to your comfort. So they wake up the next morning and they've got no idea what happened. That's exactly right. They don't remember what happened has happened. That is the beauty of a sleep terror. Whereas a nightmare, they can recall what's happened, but yeah, it is really scary for the first time. If you're experiencing that, they just look like a zombified, petrified, not knowing that you're there to comfort them at all and it can be quite distressing for a parent. Leonie, I cannot believe this. We have flown through the time. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, really? Is that the time? Anyway, well, there you go. We've we've gotten through quite a few questions about to toddler sleep. Leonie, thank you so much for answering all those questions. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I will mention, though, if you didn't get to ask your questions 
the only is available through our parent school portal on babyology where you can book a one-on-one private session with her and that way you get to have a bit more of a conversation about your questions and Leonie likes to tailor it to your family and the Most definitely as as you always say Leonie every child is different every parent's different so everyone's unique good to have that conversation so you, you get the right solution Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you have a question for our experts, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au, join our weekly live helpline, or leave a question in our Facebook helpline group. You'll find all the links in the notes of this episode. Next week, we're looking at first foods with the incredible nutritionist, Dr. Jen Cohen. Jen is also known as the fussy eating doctor, so make sure you join us for that. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you then. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.